When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Other banks go out of their way to make redeeming credit card rewards needlessly complicated, like how they require minimums or force you to use your rewards before reaching some arbitrary expiration date. But Discover isn't like that. With Discover, you can redeem your rewards for cash in any amount at any time. So you'll never have to jump through hoops. Unless you're like a trapezist, then by all means, go right ahead. Learn more at discover.com slash redeem rewards. Terms apply. Hello and welcome back in to another episode of The Hard Foul. I'm your host, Pearson Fowler. With me as always from GamecockCentral.com, Colin Taylor. This is the weird episode. Yeah, the weirdest of weird. The weirdest of weird, not just because it's a postseason edition. And we're going to get to a lot of postseason things, although frankly, I don't know if we're going to get to like a, a real like season wrap-up player by player. You've done a lot of that on Gamecock Central in terms of going through player grades for the season and things like that. I don't even know if we're going to get to that today because there are plenty of other things that have happened in the world of sports, particularly college basketball, and both South Carolina basketball coaches have had a lot to say about the issue. I should also point out that for the first time since you and I started recording this podcast, I'm sitting down. Yeah, this is you know the severity of the situation if you're sitting down for this podcast. I know. I feel like this is like a... Uh, what do you? It's like a sixty minutes or something now. Just, yeah, no, this is like a you know a Dateline twenty for twenty. Yeah, like yeah, E60. sixty. I'm, I'm, I'm a little bit uncomfortable, but I'm also kind of tired. We're recording this uh, right now. It is nine seventeen on Thursday morning, and this time next week, we were planning on having an SEC basketball tournament. I was sitting at my desk. I was going back and refreshing myself on the first South Carolina Arkansas game, trying to see what I could learn from that game that I could maybe apply to a prediction for what was going to be last Thursday night's game. And then we found out there was going to be no more basketball tournament. Before we get into that, you have a really nice breakdown, rundown of everything that happened in Nashville with with the SEC canceling their basketball tournament, along with the rest of the sports world shutting down. But we're quarantined right now. You You and I are actually in person. Yesterday, Wes and Chris and I were... Remote, we're, I don't know, I don't know if we're six feet apart, but we're, we're sort enough. of practicing social distancing. Yeah. Well, what's it been like for you, other than kind of strange? Exhausting. Um, Exhausting? This week, not so much. Last week, whew, that was, um, that like 36-hour stretch when we got to Nashville was some of the most exhausting time I've had as like a sports writer. Like that and like the baseball coaching search. Um, just how quick that kind of came together late. Um, yeah, it was, it was nuts. But what's it, what's like your, your day? Cause you work from home already a lot. I mean, obviously yeah, you yeah, go to yeah. press conferences, you go to sporting events. That part of it, I guess, hasn't changed cause you're still working from home. Are you going stir crazy yet? Like, are you, are you watching really. something to occupy your time or have yeah, you been well, as busy as ever? I mean, it, a lot of it right now is kind of same. Nothing's really changed. Because you're doing wrap-up stuff, you're trying to talk to recruits and get as much information as, as possible. And um, this right now, it's different. Talk to me in May when 
the stuff we've done now kind of dries up and you're entering the summer months, which are always slower. Uh, talk to me then and we'll see what happens. But, um, yeah, it's pretty normal right now. Do you have anything like on a on a list somewhere when everything does get slow and when basketball season? Because I mean, there's still a lot of basketball season stuff going on, and you're doing a lot of that as you mentioned. You're wrapping up the season, and we're gonna have some news probably about at least one Gamecock making a decision one way or the other with what he's gonna do with the rest of his career. So you have all that stuff coming up. Are are you looking forward to? Like, is it nice to have a respite? Like, do you have a bunch of TV shows and movies that you've been meaning to watch and haven't had a chance to, and now you'll get a chance to? Yeah, I mean. It's weird. I actually get to spend time with my fiance. I get to yeah. like I have nights and weekends back. It's it's weird. And I was looking forward to the respite a little bit because I was like, oh, I'm gonna be able to go out and you know eat dinner and go see. Yeah, movies. now we can't do any of that though. And now I can't do any of it. Yeah. So it's a little weird. We're we're watching a lot of Netflix, watching a lot of, um, and there's no sports to watch. Mm-hmm. So it's like you have to watch movies and you have to watch TV shows or old sports. Yeah, I can't do that. No? I can't watch old sports. Results-based? Like, you already know what happened? Yeah, and like, it. yeah. Um, no, if it's like, I grew up a Cub fan, so if it's Game 7 of the World Series in 2016, mm-hmm. a little yeah, different. Yeah, you can watch that again. But, uh, no, just like, you know, Panthers, Bucks from three years ago or whatever. No, can't watch yeah. that. Okay, all right. Good to know. Yeah, I, I watch like old, old stuff. Like on Sunday, I watched a lot of the Game 6 of the NBA Finals Lakers and Sixers from 1980, um, and that was cool. I, like I, I know that the Lakers won the title in 1980. I don't remember specifically how Game Six went. Um, I know now. I won't spoil it for any of you that want to watch that on like NBA TV or something like that. But uh, yeah, I'm, I'm mostly. Well, I haven't even like picked out a show to start binge watching yet. I've watched a couple movies. I'm still kind of trying to figure out what exactly to do because it's so surreal and like adjusting to not having sports. And then the weird part for me is, is still having like a ton of NFL stuff because like that hasn't stopped. That hasn't no, been, no, that hasn't NFL changed even remotely. It never stops. No. It's going to be weird. We're recording this. This is currently 922 on a Thursday. Mm-hmm. Long about noon today. It's going to feel weird. Noon today? Oh, yeah. It, it would have been the, the first day of the tournament. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, um, uh, yeah if you exclude the play-in games, which yeah. you're correct to do. Yeah. Um, today would have been weird because this would have been the full... The first two days of the tournament, man, are just so, so fun. Mm-hmm. And I mean, there's nothing like it in sports. I mean, no, th- it's, it's the most valuable property of the NCAA for a reason. Yeah. Because everybody loves it. Yeah. Um, and today we'd probably be talking about an NIT game. If we're going to be completely honest, we'd be recapping an NIT game. So it's been weird. It's been exhaustingly weird is the best way I could put it. And even for us, like obviously we talk mostly about Carolina basketball, and we will get into that because, as you mentioned, maybe playing an NIT game right now or something like that. Like I haven't even thought about that. I haven't even thought about the Carolina basketball season. We are going to talk about, you know, big picture. What does it mean to have a season cut short where you're right, like Carolina probably wasn't going to make the NCAA tournament, but they could have. Yeah. They could have made a run in the SC tournament. Like all those things are still on the table, and it's, you know, it basically just comes down to are you a glass half full or glass glass half empty kind of person. It's just been... So completely surreal. It, I mean, I feel like this changes a lot, and I feel like this changes nothing in some ways because everything changes so much. Maybe like ends up leveling the playing field for all the teams. It's just it's completely unprecedented. I don't really know how to feel about it on like a big picture or like with South Carolina specifically. But I guess that's what we're gonna try to unpack today. You know what sort of all this means. Um, all right, so quarantine life started. I mean, really over the weekend, Yeah. but like I said, this time last week was about the time the NBA was suspended last Wednesday. That was the first big domino to fall. 
and then Thursday is when pretty much everything else got canceled. Friday was for like the couple of holdouts. You were not in Nashville when South Carolina canceled the SEC tournament, but you're about to head up there. No, I was up there. Oh, you were. Up oh, there. I lived. I lived it. Okay, yeah, I, I, I lived thought it. so. I thought I lived it. Um, I see. I thought you were, and then when we were sitting in the bullpen, you made it sound like you hadn't. Left no, no, yet. no, no. Or you no. just mean you hadn't left for the arena. No, I was there. I mean, this was oh, this, today's. I thought today was Tuesday for a second. Yeah. Um. Yeah. yeah. No, today was. Yeah, I was there. I lived it. Um. It was insane. All right. So walk me through your day. Yeah. Okay. So we get up there on Wednesday, and Wednesday, you're driving and you're checking, you know, social media and kind of keeping track of it, and you're starting to think, okay, maybe they won't play with fans. Maybe you're still gonna get. The tournament in but it's gonna feel weird it's going to be different so and you, to be fair sorry to interrupt yeah it was already weird in nashville having recently been devastated by the tornadoes and a lot of the yes. proceeds for the sec tournament were going to go yeah. towards you know supporting parts of the community that have been particularly ravaged so it's yeah. already i imagine a little bit of a weird atmosphere yeah and so you get up there and i park and i'm walking to the arena and then we get the email about mike kotzar it's like Okay, so you get all this coronavirus stuff going on, and Mike Kozar's hurt, and yeah, hurt his what right arm, right elbow, elbow, yeah, yeah. popped out of place, and yeah, I mean it's just boom, 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 and you're like, geez, um, and so you're covering that, and then they had open practice, and so you're sitting there at open practice, and you know I'm standing with Ben Briner of the state, and we're just talking, and all of a sudden you get the news that the NCAA tournament's going to be held without fans. And so then you're starting to get the idea, okay, like we're still going to play the SEC tournament, but the, there's no way the SEC tournament has fans. And, you know, I was, for as weird as it was, I was kind of looking forward to just that, where it's mm. like, okay, that it's going to be interesting. I'm, I'm intrigued by it. And South Carolina practices and um, you kind of write your stuff off that and you talk to Frank Martin and they had made, I think four players available. So you talk to them and say, what's, you know, what do you feel like it's going to be like if we have to play without fans or if this or if that. And, and what, what was the, what was the consensus? It was like, it was, it's going to be weird. You know, you, it's going to be like playing AAU games, you know, early AAU games. And you're like, yeah, because there's going to be like four people there in the stands. Um, and then someone to give you a bunch of money right after the game. Yeah. Um, a bunch of shoes filled with coins. Yeah. <laughs> um, and then, so we write all of our stuff, you know, check in your hotel, you you unpack. I mean, you're expecting to be there for at least two days. Um, so you unpack the stuff you need. And, uh, ben, I mean, there were three media people there from South Carolina that night. Um, so we all go out to dinner. And while we're at dinner, we're on our phones, and we refresh it, and the NBA suspends its season. And then Rudy Gobert tests positive. And then the Fred Hoiberg stuff happens. You know, we're sitting there at a bar on Broadway watching Arkansas Vanderbilt, and the Hoiberg slumped on his chair. And you're like, I'm, I mean, I'm, I think I was the first one to say, I was like, they're not going to play the NCAA tournament. They're not going to play the NCAA tournament. Meanwhile, little did I know, South Carolina's in their scouting report meeting, and Bruce Shingler's saying the exact same thing. He's saying, there's no way we're playing. There's no way we're playing. And, um, lo and behold, we kind of write your stuff. You schedule all your stuff out for that morning. And, um, it's about 
So the three media people meet for breakfast. We go and we leave, get in our cars, and not two minutes later, we're literally merging onto the highway. And the tweet comes out that the SEC tournament is canceled. So... It sounds like you kind of saw it coming, though. If yeah, you, you kind of read the writing on the wall. Yeah, if you thought the NCAA tournament was going to get canceled, you must have thought that. Yeah, yeah. Um, you just didn't know when it was going to happen. Um, you didn't know if they were going to try to get through these games, if you they were going to cancel later, or how it was going to work. And then all of a sudden, you're checking out of hotels because there's no reason to stay in Nashville. So you sprint back to your hotel, check out. You get to the arena, see what's going on there. You, you're texting SIDs and media relations people and saying, you know, is Frank going to talk to the media? What's, what's your plan? Um, the team has been scrambling since about 8 a.m., 8.30 a.m. to try to get planes home. Yeah, they, do you know when they found out? They found out that morning. Mm-hmm. Frank said he woke up and had an immediate call with um, – like the commissioner and the and you know the National Association of Basketball Coaches and all that and kind of they they decided to cancel and suspend recruiting. So Frank Martin was was he in on that decision? Was it a did they call the coaches and say, hey, do you think we should cancel this or go forward with this? And the coaches said we should cancel it, or were the coaches just told this is being canceled? It was kind of like this is being canceled. What do you think? Kind of thing. And mm-hmm. Frank, you know, Frank kind of commended Sankey for doing what he had to do and um. Then the team kind of found out. I talked to their director of basketball ops um, for a story on Central, which I thought turned out pretty well. It's a good behind-the-scenes mm-hmm. piece. Um, they were calling, so I didn't realize how this worked. Each team contracts with a private charter company, and that's how you deal with it. It's not just like you have a plan on retainer. I knew they probably didn't have a plan on retainer, but mm-hmm. um, I didn't know the ins and outs. And so they have to call. It's about 8, 8.30. They're calling around saying, hey, just in case this officially gets nixed, when can you have a plane to us? Mm-hmm. I mean, Andy Astley, who's really good at his job, was not the only person who was calling about this. And so the way it worked was they were sitting there trying, trying to figure out, well, if you know this team's flying from here to Florida, how quickly can we get to Nashville if we can get it from the northeast to Nashville? And um it was pandemonium um they ended up getting a flight out at about three so they left the hotel at two got to the airport and got into their charter and home by six and we talked to frank about i want to say 130 145 local um got lunch and rode for you know five hours and got home i got home about 12 30 midnight and crashed and woke up and did it again the next day when did it feel real it didn't i don't think it still has yes yeah, um it's weird like it's you look back on that time and you're in the middle of it mm-hmm. like you're watching all these conference tournaments on twitter get shut down and you're like well hell i'm right in the middle of this own conference tournament mm-hmm. getting shut down it's amazing it's um amazing in all the weird ways yeah and that's it it's taken some getting used to the fact that like you know if I had a night free I would just turn on and you know find a random college basketball game on or random mm-hmm. whatever game and now you don't have that and mm-hmm. now you're trying to figure out 
You know, there's no media availabilities. There's no recruiting to talk about. I mean, there's recruiting to talk about, but you can't go watch a kid and talk to him. You can't, you know, whatever. And it's kind of it's kind of nuts. Yeah. It's really nuts. It's, it's completely nuts. I was listening to Chris Vernon. I mean, basically just share his thoughts on the situation. And he was like, basically, since as long as I can remember, he's like, I don't think I've gone more than like three days without watching a sporting event. And I was like, that seems kind of crazy. Like, I may have gone three days, but I hadn't thought about it like that until he said that. And I was like, I don't know when the last time I went a week without watching like some form of a sporting event was. Yeah. Just such an integral part of our lives. And, you know, at that point, that's, that's kind of the first thing that we're thinking about. Like, I mean, you were in Nashville. We were here in the studio doing it live and getting the updates and looking at each other and going, wow, like this is really – I was like, great, Carolina can't lose to Arkansas. This is great news. Yeah. Um, but it's it, the immediate reaction is just like, what do we do without sports? I went. What like, does this mean? But I went numb for a little bit, like for about ten seconds after getting the tweet from the SEC. You kind of go numb for a second, and you're like, holy crap, did they just do that? And it's unprecedented. It's so weird to think that. I mean, they just canceled everything. They just pulled the plug on everything mm-hmm. without knowing when it's going to come back. Without, I mean, just, you don't know. Like, it could be end of April. It could be beginning of June. Mm-hmm. It could be next September. Like, yeah, you just, you don't know. Well, and then, and even still now, we have to start thinking about all the other I mean, that's, that's like the first thing. It's like, when does it come back? Like, what does it mean for the season? And then you start to think about what are all the other implications for, you know, the athletes that had their seasons cut short? Like, when was yeah. the first time you thought about that implication for Mike Coates or got to talk to Mike about it? We haven't got to talk to Mike about it. Um, still. Still. Uh, but, like, when does that part of it sink in? Was that not until Friday? Or did you think about that I mean, it was pretty early. Um, your first thought was – holy crap, your second thought was, what's my next step? Um, so you execute that, and then as you're doing all this stuff, you're like, well, my coats are might never play basketball again. You know, He's probably going to have a shot to go pro, but my coats are legitimately, they're people that who were going into conference tournaments knowing this was their last ride, mm-hmm. and to get that ripped out from under them kind of sucks. So, yeah, that part of it has been – that's been a really complicated part of the conversation. Yeah. You know, we had a lot of people that are calling in saying that, you know, oh, you know, what about these athletes? You know, you feel so bad for them. Did you really have to cancel it? Could you have played it in front of an empty arena? Like this means so much to these kids. And then there are people that'll subsequently call in and say, you know, how dare you think about this? This is just sports. This is just a game. You know, there's, there's bigger things at stake. And I, I, I posted something on the insiders forum. I don't remember if it was a thread that you started I don't know. Somebody, I, I thought, I thought it was tagged in a. Anyway, somebody tagged me in something and and brought that up, and I was like, "Yeah, anybody that's telling you that the way that you're feeling about this is wrong is an idiot, and don't listen to that person. And in fact, step on their toes or you know pull their hair or something like you know not like devastating in terms of like an injury, but like really annoying. Yeah, pinch them something like that. St. Patrick's Day was earlier this week. You know, do something like that because that's the exact wrong way to think about that, and that's just. That mentality is just disgusting because, first of all, as we both mentioned, sports are an integral part of what we do, not just because it's our careers, but because it's something we're passionate about. So yeah. it's okay if we feel sad about that. And, and there's it's a lot also of people okay. passionate in society 
about yeah. it. It's I mean, a it's, major part of pop culture. It's one of the few things that like really consistently draws people together. Yeah. Especially anymore as everything becomes more and more bifurcated. Yeah. But yeah, but even apart, it's, yeah. it's like there's a there's a communal element to it. Yeah. But it's I think it's very legitimate to feel a lot of pain for these people. Now, yeah. you know, with Mike Cozart, like he's gotten to play in the NCAA tournament. He's gotten to play in a Final Four, and odds are he wasn't going to get to do that again. But he was still, you know, he, he had in his head a different way that this was going to end in terms of his South Carolina career. He didn't, he didn't get to really relish his last opportunity on the court, and not just because Carolina lost that awful game to Vanderbilt, but because in his head that wasn't his last game. You know, you're, you're going to treat your last game – differently if you know for sure it's going to be your last game and not only for Mike but for the guys that are one and done or for the seniors that were you know maybe going to make the tournament this year but uh and, and you know like never had like that that's a huge loss for them and I, I hate when people say well you know it's just sports it's just a game it doesn't matter because for those kids they've probably been dreaming about that since the time they could walk yeah. and this could have been their one opportunity to you know play in the SEC tournament or to play in the NCAA tournament you know in, in these these events they've been watching their whole lives and it's just gone and i think it's okay and in fact i think it's right and and normal and good to feel bad and to feel empathy yeah i mean i i feel bad for those guys like i understand that this is bigger than sports and i'm not sitting here complaining about well no i have nothing to write about i might Mm -hmm. jokingly complain about it on twitter but like i don't i get it like i get that you want to treat you know this with some severity to try to get out ahead of the storm a little bit. And I I feel bad for these kids because this is what they've worked for. And it's so different. And, and you and I played sports and did that growing up. And you kind of, you had the ability to go out, not necessarily on your own terms, but you understand when the finality is mm-hmm. there. Yeah. You understand, okay, I'm getting close to the end and I need to have some closure and whether that's losing in the SEC tournament for, you know, a Georgia team that, you know, Georgia lost in the first round or Ole Miss, whoever lost in the first, Vanderbilt. Let's just say Vanderbilt. Those seniors on that team, no, they weren't going to go to the NCAA tournament. No, they weren't going to go to the NIT. Um, they knew that when they lost in the SEC tournament, that was it for them. Whether that's a senior playing his last college basketball game, whether that's, you know, a Aaron Neesmith, who didn't play, but was probably going to go pro. Mm-hmm. Um, you kind of had some finality to it. You know, even if you're, let's say, Missouri, and you know Missouri, you weren't going to go to the NCAA tournament this year, and you weren't going to the NIT, barring something insanely unforeseen. You don't get that finality. You go in thinking you're mentally preparing yourself for um okay this is it i know that when we're done here my season's over or my career's over for the seniors you don't get that and it's okay to feel bad for those people and it's okay to understand like damn that really sucks and if you're south carolina i'll, I'll tie it back to that and frank's kind of talked about it you leave with what if mm-hmm. you know were they going to win the sec tournament probably not but you never know. Were they gonna, you know, beat Arkansas fifty fifty? Like even that is yeah. like if they beat Arkansas, then they're a lock for the NIT, right? With nineteen yeah. wins and the quality wins. If they lose to Arkansas and you're eighteen and fourteen or eighteen and thirteen, whatever they would have been, maybe it's a little more up in the air. I don't know exactly how the NIT seating or selection works, but 
there are so many question marks, and let's use that to transition into the season as a whole for South Carolina. What do we do with the season? Yeah. It was after the Vanderbilt loss. You did it. I did it on my show. We did it on this podcast. Relitigated the entire season. Yeah. Okay, it was a disappointing season because you lost to Vanderbilt and you lost to Stetson and you lost to Boston. And if you won all those games, and Carolina would have been primed for a tournament tournament spot. Sure. Yeah. You also beat Kentucky. You beat Clemson on the road. You beat Virginia, Virginia on, the road, on the road. Arkansas on the road. Yeah, people have heard us say that a million times. And it was just about how do you spin it? What do you do with all this? What is the totality of this season? Is it disappointing because you had the high highs and it was offset by these unacceptably low lows? Or do you say, hey, it was another winning season in the SEC. It was another winning season overall. South Carolina still got a buy in the SEC tournament. They were a top six team in the SEC. Your stat was amazing. You know, tied for third in the last five years for SEC wins, just behind Florida and Kentucky and tied with Tennessee. That's incredible. Given their preseason expectations, predicted to finish whatever it was, 11th or 12th in the SEC and to finish sixth, all those things, subjective measures in their own right, because it's, you know, people voting in different capacities on where they, what they think South Carolina is going to do, at least in terms of the the preseason predictions, the the wins are like the only measurable, like objective part of that. But that ends up being a good season and it was all going to be contingent on what happens at the end. That's that's how we do things. We we litigate yeah. based on results. And I think that's problematic. And in this case, it's impossible because now we don't have results. And that's sort of what I'm getting to. But if South Carolina had made a run and made the NCAA tournament, it would have been a great season. And Frank Martin would have made the NCAA tournament twice in eight seasons. And everyone would have been like, cool, you're on track. And you're still returning a lot of this young core. And you should probably make the tournament yeah. you know, at least once in the next couple of years with all these young players. This is great. If Frank Martin makes the NIT, the conversation is a little bit more complicated. It's like, okay, well, you still only made one NCAA tournament in eight seasons, but you've made the postseason three times in the last five years, and you're still returning this young core. And so NIT this year, NCAA tournament next year, then you're talking about four and six postseasons and two NCAA tournament runs in nine years and all this stuff, and everything still feels a little bit on track, although not quite as solid, obviously, as if you make the NCAA tournament. And if Carolina hadn't made any postseason play, then here come the Frank haters with their uh, one and eight. What is one it? And eight. Uh, forks and uh, tor- torches and pitchforks. Yeah. That's what it is. Torches and pitchforks trying to run them out of town. And it's like, well, this is sort of your last chance. You got this young talent and, and you didn't do it this year because you messed it up because you lost these games. You weren't supposed to lose. What are you going to do next year? That's kind of the put up or shut up here. And not that I'm a uh, torches and pitchforks for Frank kind of guy. Cause I don't think Carolina is going to get anybody better, but I was always sort of in the camp that with this young core, with the team that Frank has said is his most talented team at South Carolina, and we've all observed is probably his most talented team at South Carolina, you probably got to make the NCAA tournament at least once yeah, with, with that, that bunch core. of guys. But now we have no idea. And there are going to be people that say, well, I think Carolina was primed to make a run. You know, Mike Coatesarzelo was going to be fine. He was going to play. I don't know if that was yeah, possible I mean, or, or prob- what the status not, but was, right. but yeah, yeah. But you're going to people to say, oh, well, you know, this is AJ. AJ Lawson was was just heating up. He you was going to have. You a- get to play the what if game. Yeah, yeah. On both sides of it, in both extremes, and given how, and in, not in flux, but how much this season was already kind of a, I, this season was kind of a Rorschach test for like, what kind of fan are you? What are your expectations? How do you feel about this basketball team? Given that there was already so much ambiguity about the season and so many different interpretations, it becomes now infinitely more complicated by the fact that there was, I mean, there was an end to the season because it's not currently happening. 
Yeah. But there was no end to the season. It's unceremonious. It's as unceremonious as it comes. Um, you get to play the, you know, what if South Carolina beats Arkansas? What if South Carolina beats LSU? Like, two teams that they played, they beat Arkansas and they played LSU pretty close, um, especially late. What if they go in and beat them? Then you're playing Auburn or whoever or A&M or whoever. Like, what if? And, you know, what if they get to Saturday? What if they get to Sunday? Because they had the talent to do it. Don't get me wrong. They had they had the talent to be a top four team in the SEC this year. You know, and what if, you know, Justin Manaya comes back and he plays up to the level he was before? You he know? played really well in the Vanderbilt yeah. game, by the way, in like 15 minutes. Yeah, and they were playing really well with him in the lineup before he got hurt. You're ne- you're not going to have a sense of finality to this season. You're just not, and you're whatever. Like you said, it's a Rorschach. Whatever fan you are, it's going to be. Well, what if South Carolina got to Saturday, got to Sunday, and got to be a number two or three seed in the NIT? How deep could they have gone? Um, what if? And then on the other side, well, what if they just lost Arkansas and then lost their first game in the NIT? What if? And then you can shift the argument to however you want to shift your argument because it's a it's a choose-your-own-adventure at the mm-hmm. end of the year. It's a choose-your-own-adventure at the end of this year, and no season should end like that. And I get why they did it, and I completely understand, and I'm not bashing the NCAA or the government or whoever, but I'm just saying it sucks because you you won't get the closure you need to get for this year. It's going to take a long time for me to process the end of this year, I can only imagine how hard it's going to be to process it if you're on that coaching staff or in that locker room. Yeah. I mean, this this entire season is obviously going to be an asterisk, and obviously not just for South Carolina and not just for college basketball. It's all sports. It's going to be that weird 1994 MLB season. where I mean, that was even different because it was like, okay, well, that's a, that's a labor dispute. Like, that was avoidable. Like, that's your own damn fault. Yeah. <laughs> um, but there are going to be some people that say, well, you just throw the season out. And I don't think that's the right answer because no. you played almost all of a season. Every, every you just team don't played know how 30 games. Yeah. yeah. You just don't have a champion. So, and, and, and I, like I said, we like to just determine how good or bad something is based on the result and not look at the process because it's easier to do that. It's cleaner. Did you make the NCAA tournament? Yes, good season. Did you make the NCAA tournament? No, bad season. It's never that cut and dry. No. And I, I think the hardest part about this is that ambiguity makes people uncomfortable. Now people have to really make their own assessment. You have there's to no, critically think about it. Yeah, there's no like objective metric for just like, okay, well, was this a good season? Was this a bad season? Based on these, I mean, not entirely arbitrary, but somewhat arbitrary measures. What do you think? I think it was a pretty okay season. Are we, are we going into our season postmortem kind of? A little bit. Yeah, kind of. Without necessarily maybe even yeah, getting I mean, specifically into players, but just like big picture, like it was a good year for Carolina. Can it can it be a good year and a disappointing year? Yeah. Okay. I think you could say that I'm of the opinion that good things can happen and bad things can happen. Um you shouldn't have lost to Stetson. You shouldn't have lost to Boston at home, even though Boston did make the didn't say to him a double A tournament. Probably should still shouldn't have lost to him. Definitely shouldn't have still lost to him. Um you win that game. You win the Stetson game, which you should have won 100%. There's no ifs, ands, buts about it. They were, Still weird. They were terrible. That's what you need to do during quarantine. Um, you need to get back and watch that game and, and come back and explain what to me what happened. Wrong. Um, I have no idea. You shouldn't have lost to Vanderbilt. 
on the road. Um, you, <laughs> if you want to play revisionist history, you can say they win those and they're twenty-one and ten going to the SEC tournament. Probably needing just one win to make the NCAA a double A tournament. You're twenty-two and eleven with those quality wins and no bad losses. You're in. You that can, sounds like you're describing a disappointing season to me. Yeah. But you can also say, okay, they went through the first 16 games of the year without a leader mm-hmm. because Jermaine wasn't ready for that yet, and Mike is just, that's not his personality, to be the vocal guy and say, you're set up. I was talking to somebody the other day. I said, I think this is the best I felt about leadership in the offseason since heading into the Final Four year. Just in terms about consistency coming back, and that's not a knock on Chris Silva, but Chris was never, he had to grow into what he became as a leader. And Frank Booker tried to be that guy, but it's hard to be that guy when you're a grad transfer. You got Jermaine coming back, and that guy is as close to Sundarius Thornwell as you're going to get to Sundarius Thornwell, um, at least right now. In terms he, of the stats, in terms of the mentality. Like literally everything, everything. about him. Yeah. I mean, he's Sundarius Thornwell. And. Whether, the, whether he turns into what Sundarius turned into obviously still remains to be seen. But right now, at the end of their freshman year, like they're mirror images of each other. Um, so you could say, okay, we got, you know, if you're a South Carolina fan, you could say we got our, our Sundarius Thornwell coming back. We have Keyshawn Bryant coming back. We have Justin Manai coming back. We have Wilden Zavak, Jalen McCreary, Trey Hannibal, Seventh Woods coming on scholarship. You can see, you could be disappointed with, the fact that you're like, well, hell, now we're not going to have any postseason. But you can also say, you know, we have a lot of talent coming back that, you know, I feel good about where this program is stability-wise for the next two, three years. And you have to stack some recruiting classes on top of that. Um, But you're allowed to say, well, damn, this sucks that they didn't make the tournament. But beat Kentucky, that buzzer beater was pretty damn cool. Um you beat Arkansas on the road. That was pretty cool. Um, you beat Virginia on the road, and we beat Clemson. Like, okay. It's most of the check marks that Carolina fans want to hit in a given season. Yeah. You pull two or three upsets, you beat Clemson, and you have a shot for the tournament. What do you think would have happened? You think Carolina would have lost to Arkansas? Probably. Yeah? yeah. Especially if, with Mike not playing? Yeah, if Mike didn't play now. So shouldn't we shouldn't we play out our version, our assessment at the end of the season based on the likeliest outcome? Shouldn't we say, yeah, Carolina probably would have lost to Arkansas. They were like 10 hours away from their season ending organically and not having it truncated. And does it being artificially ended by measures you, to yeah. prevent the spread of COVID-19, does that pump artificial optimism into the season? No. I mean, I still would have been pretty optimistic about things if they had lost to Arkansas. And we never know. I mean, so they would have probably been picked to lose. They would have pro- Arkansas would have probably been favored. But you never know. I mean, I tried to do some game simulators yesterday. And, like, South Carolina and Arkansas, I simmed it. And the final scores, I'll do it right here. I mean, where are you simming this? You don't game, have game sim. Okay, you don't have like no EA no, Sports. no no. Um, so like 
it's close, like insanely close. Um, so after two, sitting right here now. Um, South Carolina consider the home team. Arkansas consider the away team. There's no home court advantage since it's a neutral court. Mm-hmm. It was simulated 242 times, um, which is okay. Went to overtime seven times. Wow. South Carolina won 119 of those. Arkansas won 123 with an average score of South Carolina 68.2, Arkansas 68.4. Wow. So a difference of 0.2 points. Yeah. I mean, so if we're, if, four games. If we're talking about simulations here, it, it, it's a toss up. And so while I think if you don't have Mike Kotsar, that changes things. Um, like South Carolina legitimately had a shot to mm. to win that game. And you win that game and you never know about LSU and who was scuffling. And you just never know. And with South, the South Carolina team, you and I have talked about it, they've been volatile all year. You don't know what to expect half the time. Mm-hmm. And so they could come out and wallop Mississippi State by 15 points. Or they could go out and lose to... You know, Vanderbilt. Like, you just don't know. Um, so, I'm I'm of the opinion that you really can't evaluate without full totality of results and without the SEC tournament and the NIT. You don't you don't have that. Okay. So then we can't throw it out. But then this year, this year doesn't doesn't mean anything. It's not a feather in Frank's cap or a nail in his coffin. No. This lives, for those that want to live everything black and white, you can't use this year because this this year lives solely in the gray area. There was good. There was yeah. bad. The people that are pro-Frank are obviously going to use the top six. You won 10 games in the SEC. Um, you beat Kentucky. You beat Clemson. You beat Virginia. And the other ones are going to say, well, we didn't make the tournament. We had an uphill battle to do that. We weren't even going to – we were going to host maybe one game in the NIT. Mm-hmm. Um and you lost to Stetson in Boston. They're going to use that. The other side's going to use that. It lives solely in the gray area. There's no black. There's no white. I still haven't decided what to make of it, heads or tails, so I'm not going to commit either way. I don't know if I'll ever really know how to. No, and, and that's fine. And I don't we, think, just don't, we just don't have any. I don't think, I mean, Frank's a pretty optimistic guy, mm-hmm. despite some of the demeanor he's got, but, like, you know. I think he thinks this is a pretty serious question. I mean, I think this is, I think he thinks that this is a pretty good season. He's an optimistic guy. He's going to look at the positive on it, and he should. He's the head coach. Mm-hmm. But, you know, who knows? I think it's been cool to see how much the national media have leaned on Don and Frank. I remember immediately after they canceled the SEC tournament, right before Greg Sankey went to the podium in Nashville to make his they announcement. Called they, they called Frank. They called Frank. Yeah. A, a beacon of wisdom and perspective uh, Heath had an interview with him on 107.5 the game Wednesday uh, no Tuesday evening and one of Heath's first questions was like you know John Calipari had like you know one kind of last hoorah one last get together with with his guys because a lot of them are coming back you know have you thought about that have you talked about that for you know I mean mostly for Mike I guess for Mike too but mostly yeah. for Mike just in terms of one last get together and Frank was like haven't even thought about it he's like I got my family to worry about. Like, there's so many other things going on. And Frank is, I mean, he's just one of the most fun guys to cover because he's he's so interesting. He's so smart. He's so nuanced. And 
the more you, not that I know him at all, so I'm not going to say it like that, but the more one gets to know him, the more you see and you understand like how much of an act it is yeah. <laughs> in terms of his like gruff media personality. Yeah. And it's fun and it's funny and it's interesting. And it, again, it's yeah. cool. I mean, and when we sit here and we cover Frank Martin on a regular basis and he's like the guy that yeah. the media goes to in that situation and he handles it so well. And, and again, has such good perspective. I think in a season that may ultimately left people pretty divided on how they feel about Frank Martin going into next season. I think those are the kinds of things that are you have a national national presence yeah like so at the sec tournament each coach does like a 15 minute availability after their practice and so usually it's whoever the beat guys are so like you know there was somebody from 247 there was somebody from rivals and there was somebody from the state there um and so we all went over and then like Normally, you just get the beat guys and maybe one other reporter or a national guy or somebody. There were like 16 people over there for Frank. Wow. Because they wanted his opinion on playing with no fans or whatever, and he gives good quotes. And national media, other local media in the SEC want to talk to him Mm -hmm. because of it. Like, that's just what it is. And same with Dawn. I mean, Dawn is an absolute national presence for vastly different reasons because she's obviously, you know, at the tip top of her sport. Mm-hmm. and The Olympic basketball coach. The Olympic coach basketball and... coach and arguably, I mean, a, not even arguably a top five coach in women's basketball currently, mm-hmm. if not the best women's basketball coach in, mm-hmm. in the sport. So um, you have two national presences in that building that I think whether you want to argue results or not, sure, you can argue results until you're blue in the face mm-hmm. uh, with Frank. Can't really with Dawn. Um, appreciate that. Appreciate the fact that you have two national, like, attention-getting coaches at South Carolina. You just hope that Frank catches up to Dawn because then they're going to yeah, have, like, the friend, two most yeah. popular coaches, like, for people to listen to yeah. and a couple of winning programs. But That's why the – I mean, that's – there's a reason why CBS, when South Carolina wasn't in the tournament, wanted Frank in studio. There was a reason why Sports Illustrated, when they were doing their draft show, wanted Frank in studio. Like – same with Dawn. Mm-hmm. There's a reason why people want to talk to Dawn. Um, appreciate that. Yeah. Even if you don't like the wins, even if you don't like, you know, he yells at players, appreciate that. Appreciate the fact that you have some national attention on your basketball program, which South Carolina, for the most part, has never had. Mm-hmm. Ever. I mean, like very rare. Yeah. It, it, I mean, spur, the spur of your days, baseball, but that's a very, very regional thing. Mm-hmm. Um it depends on what pocket of the country you're in. Um, basketball, like, has never really been that for South Carolina. Outside Certainly of, not in our lifetime. No, no, no. And, I mean, and, like, you and I grew up here, and I don't know about you, but I grew up feeling like like Columbia, South Carolina, was not a basketball town because no, no one I knew or liked cared about basketball because Carolina was bad. Nobody talked about it. It was all football. Obviously, there are no NBA fans here. So I was just like, huh, I guess Columbia just doesn't like basketball. And then... You know, I, I grow up and I start working in this business and I start talking to people that have been covering Carolina for a long time and have lived in Columbia for a lot longer. And, you know, remember, you know, I mean, the B.J. Mackey days, which were in our lifetime, but, you know, we were like... Let's speak for yourself. Like, yeah. No, you were there. You, 90, you were born in 96, right? We're in 95. Yeah, okay. So that they won the SEC in 96 or 97, 97 right? when I was two. Yeah, okay. So, yeah, you Kinda, were one yeah. or two. I was three or four. Yeah. Um. So, 
it happened in our lifetime, but not really. Yeah. And then, you know, of course, like, uh, you know, way back when, when they were absolutely yeah. dominant with, I mean, like a, a bunch of good players, like an amazing amount of good players. It's like, wow, it used to be a basketball town. It's not anymore. And it's still not, but you feel like it's closer to that. Yeah. And give Frank Martin and Don Staley a lot of the credit for it, for building programs that deserve to be talked about. Yeah. Um, well, and we don't talk much women's basketball. I mean, any women's basketball yeah. on this podcast, but let's do that because we've okay. started talking about Don Staley. And yesterday, Wes and Chris and I recorded another Carolina podcast and we put up just sort of a mailbag thread to see if people had questions. And we did get a couple basketball questions. I promised these guys that I would save them until today, which Ooh. I'm doing. And USC Beckham wanted to know, in our opinion, how Don Staley and South Carolina should handle claiming a national championship, not asking if, but how. And look, we talk about the ambiguity of South Carolina's men's basketball season. That's obviously a lot more up in the air. The women's basketball season is less ambiguous. They were the number one team in the country. Yeah, the consensus. Yeah, the, the consensus, the coaches poll, the postseason coaches poll came out a little bit earlier this week, and they were still the number one team in the country. Got like no conversation about it. 30 votes in yeah. both. I mean, it's, I mean, it's, yeah. it's, it's unquestionable. Landslide. So in, a lot, in, in most ways, less ambiguity there. Although when we talked to, who were we talking to? We were talking to Derek Scott, I think, maybe last week. Jay and I were on the halftime show, and I was like, who was it? I don't remember. I don't remember who it was. doesn't matter. Point is, we were talking, and I said, you know, in some ways, it's not good for South Carolina because they still would have been the favorites to win the national championship, right. and you like your chances, and it would have been a lot better for them to just go ahead and hoist that trophy and win March Madness, and obviously if all this stuff hadn't been canceled, and I was planning on heading down to New Orleans for the Final Four, so disappointed that I can't make that yeah. for you know entirely a selfish bevy, reasons. Yeah, a bevy of reasons. Yeah. yeah, but also, like, Carolina's the number one team in the country. They have a chance to claim a national championship without having to worry about going through the NCAA tournament and, like, risking an upset. <laughs> in yeah. some ways, it's a little bit cleaner. But to answer USC Beckham's question, I'll, I'll let you go first because I don't have a good answer. How should they go about claiming that national championship? I was asked this on our boards the other day, and I actually mean I thought about it a lot um, in, I, in any sport. I am not in favor of a team claiming itself a national champion. You, it has to be given. Yes. Now, if the NCAA, I don't think they will, um, or the AP wants to hand out, you know, um, and say this is the AP national champion for the 2020 season. Um, yeah, sure. That, I'll gladly be okay with that. But for a school to do it, I find it a little less. Like, I wouldn't be as on board with that. Really? Um, but they were the best team in the country. Yeah, and, and I don't doubt that. And I think that if you do something, you raise a banner and say 30, what were they, 32 and 1? Mm -hmm. uh, you raise a banner saying 32 and 1, consensus, not, you know, consensus number one That's team. It's just a lot of words to fit on a banner. Yeah. So to declare yourself national champion, I'm not a fan of. Um, and that's true with Florida State, uh, who tried to do, put, try to put, pass state legislation to mm -hmm. do it. Then it passed, um, I think. Yeah, and so like that, or, um, you know, Kansas, if they want to do it, I wouldn't be okay with it. Um, and that's, and I say all of this not to discredit Dawn. I'm not doing that mm -hmm. because what she has built has been dominant. They were dominant this year. 
They were won twenty six straight games. I want to say they were perfect sixteen and zero. I mean, they they cruised Beat thirteen through. ranked teams. Yeah, I mean, they cruised through everybody. They were going to be the number one seed in the tournament. They were the odds on favorite to win the national championship, and I think they would have won it. Um, just be it around them, even a little bit. Even though I don't cover a lot of women's basketball, without a postseason, it's hard to claim a national champion. It's really, really hard to say you were the best team in the country. Sure, if you want to say best team in the country, you were that. But sometimes, like we've seen in a lot of sports, the best team doesn't always win hmm. the national title. There's so much ra- women's basketball, less so than men's. There's so much randomness involved in sports. At UMBC. Yeah, at UMBC, at South Carolina for going to the Final Four as a seven seed. I mean, they were a good team, but if you had talked to anybody at South Carolina or, or around. Anywhere. Were yeah. they one of the best four teams in the country now? No. Um, there's so much randomness involved that it's really hard to say, well, yeah, just give it to them because Oregon's good. Baylor's good, UConn's good. Even the South Carolina beat—I mean, South Carolina beat Baylor and UConn. And UConn, yeah. Oregon was the only one. It's a shame yeah. they didn't play them in the regular season because then they would have had a really legitimate claim. Yeah. And maybe would have been consensus yeah. number one in the AP or in the coaches' poll. Yeah. I guess. So you just never know. Um, so you don't want them to claim it. I'm not. If they claimed it, I. I get the argument for it. Mm-hmm. I completely understand the argument for it. But I also just, understand where you're coming from. It's, it's just like a, you, sh- you shouldn't need to claim that, you know? Yeah. If you're the best, someone you can't say that you're the best. Someone has yeah. to tell you you're the best. Yeah. Um, hang a banner saying consensus number one or, or 32 and one in 2019-2020. But don't you feel like, I mean, we're... A banner should get hung. I'm not... Yeah, yeah. You hang a banner for this season. And you're going to hang an SEC title banner you're gonna hang another sec tournament title banner i get that but i'm always immediately thinking about legacy and it's like don staley has a way to go in terms of just like counting stats in terms of winning championships to pass gino yeah obviously big first step this year in getting her first head-to-head win against gino but at at some point, like let's say yeah. I don't know, let's say Carolina goes on an incredible run here because there's no reason to think that they won't, and they win. Yeah, with this core, yeah. Let's, let's <laughs> say they win five of the next seven or eight national championships or something crazy like that. Yeah. And I know Gino's has like eleven or something like that, but you give Don six, and it's like, wow, you're really in the conversation. But yeah. at some point, hopefully, it's gonna be kind of a conspicuous absence. It's gonna be sort of a weird asterisk, and I just hate that for her legacy. That this is probably the best team she's ever had. And it's not going to win. A, and it's it, not going to win a national championship. Yeah. Like, I I feel like that should not be held against her historically. Oh, no. And, and, and I, I feel and like I, it's going to. I, I, see, I don't feel like don't? that. Okay. Um, I feel like you're going to talk about this in terms of the year that they missed, that everyone kind of looks at it and says, okay, they were at least, if they weren't going to win a national title, like, if you had told me, I think South Carolina, I'll preface this by saying, South Carolina, I think, was going to win in a, a national title this mm-hmm. year. If they didn't win it, they were going to finish number two. Hmm. I think they would have been playing Oregon international title, and yeah, that would have been it. I mean, but safe prediction. But you never, but you you can't know for sure, and that's where the ambiguity comes in. Where it's like, you know, what if I know one seeds rarely lose in the NC in the women's tournament until you get to face a number another number one or a number two. 
but you just you never know what if a player goes out and rolls her ankle and can't play for a game in South Carolina. Mm-hmm. You know, you just never know, and that's why I'm not in favor of tournament awarding yourself NCAA tournament champions. Because now, if you want to say regular season, yeah, you know, whatever, sure, hang a banner, like hang a banner. I'm not saying don't there hang a banner. There will be something in the rafters. Yeah, yeah. But I, to call, to like to just go ahead and say we were national champions, like you can, but I mean, Oregon has a claim to it. They lost twice compared to your once. If you were undefeated and no one else was undefeated, you have a better argument. Stupid Indiana. But like Oregon only lost twice. South Carolina lost once. I understand that, but. You know, there's still there's still so much ambiguity that comes from that. It's weird, and in some ways, probably even harder yeah. for the women's basketball team than for the men's. Yeah. Mm, crazy, weird. All right, one more question, and this is already sort of transitioning us into a little bit of off season talk. Uh, like I said, I, I anticipated we wouldn't necessarily have enough time to go through kind of individual grades and and take a a closer look at what this season meant for South Carolina. We'll do that next week. Yeah. Maybe have an update on AJ Lawson one way or the other. I was laughing earlier when you were listing the players that were coming back because there was a conspicuous absence there, and I know everybody's going <laughs> to really <laughs> hyperanalyze yeah, that. that yeah, that's going to be... We'll uh, we'll leave that alone for now. One more listener question from Shagamecock2001. Once you, Colin, because I, I can't talk about this intelligently, he says, or he asks you, to talk to Ariel's potential as a fluid athletic big. Does he look to be a more polished version of Kotsar? Can he ultimately defend like Kotsar did this season? Uh, I mean, uh, yeah. uh, you yes. never, next you, question. Yeah, um, you never know with these guys. I've really liked, and the coaches really like what Ariel brings. Um, he's got a lot of potential, man. I mean, I saw him play early in his junior year, and I walked away and I was like, whew. That's there's a lot of room to grow and he still has a lot to work on. And then I saw him as going into his senior year. I mean, I watched him with Frank, like not with Frank, but I was in the same gym with yeah. Frank when he was watching him. And he played PJ Hall, who obviously consists, I think he's number one or number two in the state, top 100 kid, top 70 kid, and went toe to toe with him. I mean, blocked a couple of his shots, rebounded the ball. He got strong. I mean, if he continues on this development, how quickly he's gotten better and stronger and, and turned into a Division One SEC basketball player, mm-hmm. you like what you see, and you like the fact that he can come in and maybe play early minutes. I don't know right now. A lot depends on... Already a crowded front court. Yeah. Um, a lot will depend on who comes back, how Frank wants to manage it, but could he have kind of a, you know, five, six minutes a game? His freshman year, same with Javon. I mean, sure. But, you know, I don't think he's beating out Wildens or Jalen for the bulk of the minutes. How about that? But potential by his sophomore, junior, senior year, I think he could be a very, very good player. So I know the question says, as a fluid, uh, just as a fluid athletic, big, more posh version of Kotsar, is Kotsar even the right comp or is he closer to Jalen or is he closer to Wildens or Silva or Carrera? He's a less energetic Carrera. A less energetic Carrera? Okay. Like, like you know how Carrera was like, I'm going to jump on everything. And mm-hmm. he he's not like that. He's a little bit more. Like in control or like less motor? In control. Because Carrera was all motor. In control. He's okay. a little bit more in control. Um, 
I don't know. Like, he's not really like, he's more of like your typical back to the basket, rebounding, defense, rim protector, big. Same with Javon Benson. But is he the same size as Carrera? I thought he, I thought he was no, a little bigger. No, um, he's a little bit bigger. Is, is, he a, um, is he a Sam Muldrow type? I'm going to pull up his measurables now. Um, so Rivals has him listed at, if my page will load. Um, he's a good player. I, I, very, very good player. 6'9", 225. So your typical four. Yes, and Carrera was more of like a more of a six seven. Yeah, um, he's more of your back to the basket, strong, big, can rebound the ball, can protect the rim, can play really good defense inside, which is what they're losing. Um, so does he project to have the defensive versatility of Michael Carrera or Mike Kotsar? Probably not yet. Um, I think you can, if you needed him out there for. Mm-hmm. A moment, sure. I mean, is he, how are his feet? Is he quick? Yeah, he's quick. Okay. Um, he's still kind of growing into his body. Um, he's gotten a lot stronger, a lot bigger mm-hmm. this year, and I think that once they get him on campus and, and working with him, then he'll really kind of yeah. So what you're saying, I, I'm I'm picturing Jalen. What's the difference between Jalen's a little bit Jalen's a little more explosive. Okay. Um, but other than that, pretty similar and. and Ariel's a little bit bigger. It's a mix between Mike and Jalen. How about that? Okay. Less explosive than Jalen, but as probably fundamentally and just skill set wise, Coates are defensively with less versatility. Okay. Interesting. Right now. Obviously, I mean, we're talking about Mike as a senior and Jalen is. Right. And yeah, I mean, if we know I mean, anything, I guess short answer to your question, uh, yes. If he stays four years, yes. Yes. Yeah. Frank Martin can. He could, he could turn you into like an all SEC big man, I think. Yeah. Oof. <laughs> Oof. I don't know, man. Oof. Frank Martin's record as a developer, especially of big men, is pretty sterling. I'd like yeah. to see that. Well, so that, that'll I, be that'll be our offseason project. We'll just get Frank Martin to train you. I like and that. See if you're good enough to like walk onto the team, come, you know, October or whenever. Yeah, I, don't, I have I have all of my eligibility left. I know the shocks you, but I have all of my eligibility left. Yeah, you have to go take a couple like graduate classes, take like archery or something like that, but. Um, that's great. I'm glad. I'm glad we arrived at this for some uh, for some off season content. This is yeah. good. We're uh, we're also we we teased this a little bit earlier in the season. We're definitely going to end up doing a a sort of travel log because you yeah. have a lot of good stories. You and Chris travel a lot together. Have yes. traveled a lot together. We're going to do some of that. Obviously, we're we're not like quite there yet because we still have a lot to get to in terms of recapping the season. What's going to happen with AJ Lawson? If yes. he stays, what does that mean? If he leaves, where, you know, all those things. We'll get into it. I don't know anything yet. Uh, I don't know if you know anything yet. I'm not going to ask you because I want to, you know, maintain some level of, like, drama and suspense for the listener because I'm cruel. Yeah, I will I will say this. He'd be stupid not to test the waters. Ooh. He'd be dumb not to. Ooh. Just the way college basketball works. Yeah. I mean, the way the dead draft process is, he'd be dumb not to put his name in and at least get evaluated. Mm. All right. Colin Taylor giving the listeners something to think about. But uh, we'll be back next week. We'll break down basically everybody's season individually. You've already done a lot of this on Gamecock Central. I mean, you've gone through a lot of what we already did today on Gamecock Central. You mentioned the piece in terms of – you mentioned the piece where you went through and you explained sort of the entire process from the team perspective. Getting home. Of getting home after unprecedented cancellation of the SEC tournament. If you all haven't read that on GamecockCentral.com, Go read that. You posted grades for players. 
Yeah. For the end of the season, we're basically going to expand on that in the podcast next week. Who knows when we'll get some AJ Lawson news and do some other stuff as we still try to figure out exactly how we feel and what it means for the season to end like it has. And then we'll have some travel logs. We're going to have, you know, we're going to keep updating you on Colin's journey to walking on to the South Carolina basketball team, which is my new favorite offseason project. The 6'2", six, six 235-pound power forward. Yeah, just, just you know, back to the basket, get some, get some you know, little, are you left-handed or right-handed? Left-handed. We'll just set you up for some little, you know, righty hooks, righty baby hooks, get some rebounds, block some shots. This is going to be great. Um, but in all seriousness, uh, I mean, we're open to suggestions. You know, what do you want to hear us do? Yeah. I mean, not even really with the off-season, because I guess it's like it's on us to come up with our own off-season content, but this is such an unusual time. Is there anything? If you want to hear us talk about, I mean, food or yeah, and like we'll, we'll do my some travel logs or yeah. movies, uh, is there like a, I don't know, could we revisit like a previous South Carolina season or maybe there was like a great yeah, player? Yeah, if you want to see us play like revisionist history for certain seasons or yeah, whatever, there, we can There play are different along. things that we can do because – it's it's weird because it's the end of the basketball season anyway. I mean, not exactly because, like you said, this would have been March Madness time. But, like, around this time of year, we're wrapping up the basketball season anyway. And for South Carolina, who knows? The season may have already been over, so we would have been yeah. doing this stuff anyway. So it almost doesn't matter from that perspective um, that it's been canceled because we were already going to be, like, heading into off-season content. But yeah. uh, let us know what y'all think because we value your feedback. You can put it on the thread. You can leave it in a review, and uh, also while you're leaving a review, go ahead and rate and subscribe to this podcast. Everything else on the Gamecock Central Podcast Network. Got a lot of good stuff. Um, again, y'all need content because it's it's boring out there with no sports. So we're going to be creative. We're going to try to keep y'all entertained, informed, everything going on with South Carolina basketball. As I mentioned, Wes and Chris and I did another Carolina podcast yesterday. South Carolina got a four-star quarterback commit. We talked about that, the implications of the Gamecocks not having spring. And for those of you that are curious about the NFL draft, I know we don't do a ton of pro football stuff on Gamecock Central, but with Javon Kinlaw projected to be a top 10 pick, we're going to be talking to Will Helms here over the course of the next couple weeks to get a little more in-depth breakdown of Javon Kinlaw's draft stock and his version of, I think it's going to be a mock draft. I don't know exactly what form it's going to take, but Will Helms watches a lot of tape, loves analytics. So we're going to get his takes on Javon Kinlaw and a lot of other guys that are going to go in the NFL draft, which is April 23rd, I think, is when that starts, and that's closed to the maybe. public. <laughs> so, yeah, maybe. Maybe. Who knows? It's still planning on happening, just closed to the public, but obviously a lot of things up in the air right now with COVID-19 still uh, making its way through the country. So yeah. with that, y'all stay safe and yes. subscribe to the Gamecock Central Podcast Network. Rate, review. Yep, all that stuff. So many things to do. Rate, review, subscribe to the podcast. Stay safe. Stay healthy. Stay safe. Sleep. Drink water. Spend time outside but not in large groups. Check on your parents. Check on your grandparents. Mm -hmm. Check on whoever you need to check on that's at risk for this. Yeah. Um, Be good. Yeah. And above all, thank you so much for listening. We'll talk to you next week. With the Lucky Land Slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. This is your captain speaking. Uh, we've got clear runway and the weather's fine, but we're just going to circle up here a while and uh, get lucky. No, no, nothing like that. It's just these cash prizes add up quick. So I suggest you sit back, keep your tray table upright, and start getting lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandslots.com. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details.